Welcome to Solitude, a podcast for women ages 40 and older, hosted by Ann Calcutt and Shelley Roy. As life coaches, we believe that thoughts create your sense of self and enrich well-being. Stay tuned for tips and stories on how to thrive after divorce, career changes, difficult relationships, and transitions. Our goal is to help you live authentically through mindset practices. Happy Thursday, everyone. Happy Thursday and welcome to episode 10 I know. of Solitude. We are so glad that you are with us today and happy Thursday to you, Shelly. It's your last full day of this school year. I'm so excited for you. Yeah, kids, kids are here half day tomorrow and then we're done. Yes, and then you go to your happy, happy place, and I get to see all of your beautiful sunsets every single day. Yep. Hopefully, it's raining up there. That's what they keep telling me, so we're in for the rain. But without rain, we have no flowers, so. (laughs) For our listeners, Shelly spends her summers at her lake home in Wisconsin, and I've had the pleasure of visiting there. And every evening she takes a picture of the sunset and posts it on Facebook for all of us to enjoy. And there is nothing more beautiful. When I saw the sunsets there in person, I realized how special that place was. So I'm so excited that you get to leave and go tomorrow and arrive there. Safe and sound. That's the most important part. Yes, that's right. It's the, it's the drive. So today our topic is cliches, which Cliche. <laughs> as which sort of started last time when Anne yeah. mentioned um, cliches. So of course me, I had to do a little research. So it was really fun uh, digging up some information about cliches. Um, and it's a French word, which if you're not yeah. don't know, 46% of English comes from the French language. And actually, it's an onomatopoeia, so it will really test your English repertoire here. And uh, onomatopoeias are the ones that sound like what they are, like boom, crash, bang, giggle, you know, those types of words. And it was a thing from a printing press that was called a stereotype, which so that's where the, the link is to the term stereotype. And the cliche, cliche was the sound that it made. And so... That's how we ended up being with the word cliche, which I thought was super interesting. Um, So we thought we'd share some, um, some that we have found helpful in times of transitions. And Anne, I'm going to let you kick it off with one of the ones that you have and take it away. There are so many cliches that, you know, cliche is something that upon its inception sounded meaningful but after so much usage um, began to seem trite. However, there are many cliches that still have a lot of truth and meaning in my world and in my mind. And that's what brought up this topic of sharing some of our cliches and how they have helped us during life's transitions and how we have learned lessons from them. And one cliche that 
I have had a conversation with several people about, and I've listened to others' conversations about cliche, this cliche is time heals all wounds. Well, that sounds very promising and it sounds like, wow, all I have to do is wait and I won't have to worry about this problem or transition or hurt anymore. I will be healed miraculously. And I have found that this cliche is is not true. It hasn't been true in my life. Time does help with your mindset and your thought about whatever the wound is. And it does help with your feelings about the situation. But a wound is still there. When you think about what a wound actually is, like people who um, are shot or who have been punctured or stabbed, you know, the wound is still there. The scars are still there. Um, the actual pain and hurt may not be, um, or it may not be as intense, but it is still there. So during um, the biggest transition in my life, which was, you know, my separation and divorce and the, the, change in my family of us being a family of three to us being um, a separated and divorced family. We're, we're still a family of three. We're still Madison's parents, even though we're divorced. Um, time has helped and it has helped the situation, but, but the wound is still there. I, I'm still a divorced woman. My child still is um, a child of divorce none of those memories from that time um, are gone. They will always be with me. So I think the main thing that I learned is it's your thoughts and your mindset about that situation, about that wound that allows time to, to work and allow you to better deal with that situation. And it doesn't just apply to separation and divorce. It applies to, you know, your, you becoming an empty nester or you changing careers or if you've lost a job, if you've been fired from a job or laid off due to the company um, closing, which Shelly and I have experienced that, um, you know, this cliche does apply. It's how you deal with what that situation is and the time that passes. So your thoughts on that, Shelly? Yeah, I, I, I would agree. I think what, what time provides sometimes is some distance for us. And so we can begin to see it. And I think as we begin to create new habits, new rituals, new routines along with that, that's part of why time seems to, to, to make a difference, right? I mean, I think about even um, my parents have both been gone for quite a long time now. And, and there are times, like you said, that a song will come on or I'll be cooking something or there'll be some memory or I see a piece of my dad's fishing tackle or, you know, whatever. And, and it's there, but it's a distance, right? It's sort of what I think of is I backed off and kind of got the balcony view. And I think that's what time does provide often. 
Um, but we also can't take that whole time and wallow, right? I mean, there's some action required. So I think the one that I think of um, probably more often <laughs> is, is the one that I love is what goes around comes around or the not as nice version is karma is a you know what um and and it's it's sort of that allows sort of the same thing that you're talking about right it's it's it allows for you to have some distance it allows for you it not to be gone whatever the hurt or the pain was at the moment but it's a reminder that i can be I can back off and it's not my responsibility to make someone else pay the price, right? That's the part of it that I really, really have found valuable and try and work with kids. Because if someone is acting, my mother, the way that my mother would say the same idea is give them enough rope, right? And they'll hang themselves, which is really morbid. Um, but this idea that when people are acting in ways that aren't serving us or we are feeling stressed from or frustrated with or whatever, we need to recognize intervening sometimes is going to make it worse, not better. And it reminds me that usually those, those people that are doing those things hurt people, hurt people, right? Hurting people, hurt people. It also reminds me of that, but it also reminds me that, you know what, it is not my job to judge. It is not my job to hold them accountable in most cases. My job is to let the world, to let natural consequences occur and recognize that that is probably going to happen with time. Right. So there's the link to what you were talking about, Anne, the time piece. I know this is one that's also on your list. So do you have some thoughts about this one as well? Yes. What goes around comes around. Um, the one thing that I've learned from this um, cliche is it did not serve me to dwell on that and hope for that. Mm hmm. And if I feel like if we as people want that from for someone else, then it's not serving us. It doesn't yeah. serve us to want something harmful or something unpleasant for someone else. Yeah. And, you know, at my lowest point, I thought about, oh, well, wouldn't it be great? Yeah. <laughs> My ex-husband's mistress later re later married and her husband cheated on her. Wouldn't yeah. that be fabulous? It Isn't was. that the name of a song, a country western song? <laughs> oh, I'm sure it probably is. But you know, for for a long time I and thought then I hope she cheats. <laughs> yeah, for a long time I thought, oh, well, this, this is gonna she made this terrible decision. It's gonna come back to her. And won't yeah. that be fabulous? Absolutely not. When I started focusing on what really served me and what was yeah. really important, it is not my place to judge. And it certainly doesn't help me to want to um, think about something bad happening to someone else. Yeah. So if something bad is happening to you, waiting, and, and I've seen people do this. I've seen people just 
focus only on, oh, I know karma's going to get her or him. And that's all they focus on. And they're not focusing on their lives, which is, you know, your thoughts. That's the only thing you have control over. You don't have control over all these other things. So my message is what goes around comes around. Sometimes it, it does, but wishing and wanting and only focusing on that, I, I really want our listeners, if they're in that situation, to think and ask themselves, how does that serve me? How does that bring me any any closure or any peace or any joy? So yeah, what goes around comes around sometimes does. Sometimes it's happy things, you know. Um, but a lot of times when we hear that cliche, we're thinking of, yeah, she did something bad or he did something bad and it's going to come back to Biden. Don't get caught down that rabbit hole wishing and waiting for that to happen. Right. To I, I think to me, it's it's my way. I always have this image and I draw this image a lot of a, a, a small child holding a balloon that goes up in the air. It's It's my way of letting it go right? Like you're saying, I'm not wishing ill will on the other person. It just right. is for me, this reminder, let it go, Shelly. The balloon is out there. It, it will take care of itself. And then I have the energy and time to focus on self. And I think that's really what we're both saying is, is the recognition that it's sort of not our job, our responsibility, and why let it eat up our energy, right? Yeah. Why let it consume us? Yeah. Yeah. So thoughts on another one that you have? Yes, another cliche um, that has a lot of meaning to me is actions speak louder than words. And I did, I did use this in my uh, many years of teaching. Um, that can be beneficial to educators, the actions of a student versus the words that student uses. But in thinking of life's transitions, specifically um, relationships, separation and divorce, which is what I do as a, as a life coach, helping women who are going through that type of transition, actions speak louder than words. That is something that became really, really true um, during my separation and divorce. And I think it's important not just for women going through a separation and divorce, but I think it's also important for all people who are in romantic relationships, whether they're just in a serious relationship or they're just starting to date someone new or if they're married. Um, you know, it's one thing for someone to say, I love you versus how that person treats you. It's also, um, a big difference when someone says, oh, you're so pretty and I'm so happy to be with you versus their actions are they don't spend time with you and they're spending time with people of the other sex, of the opposite sex or other people. Um, and that became very clear to me um, during the end of my marriage. The words did not match the actions. You know, time was not spent with me. Time was spent away from me. And, you know, just simply saying, oh, you know, I love you because we've been together for two decades or, 
oh, you look really pretty. You know, I would never do anything to harm you. I think you're so pretty. It, those are just words. And, and that applies to friendships as well. When a person says, oh, you're my best friend. I love you so good. And then that person never answers when you call. They never text you. When you text, they don't want to hang out with you. Uh, they're not there for you during your big life events. When you've asked them to be, I mean, actions are a huge part of any type of communication. So for, for our listeners who are going through um, specifically the transition of separation and divorce, and if your spouse is trying, attempting to get you back, and all he's doing is saying, oh, we need to get back together. Oh, I want you back. Oh, I love you. And that's all he's doing. And his actions don't match that. And he's still out gallivanting and he's still not spending time with you and the children or, you know, look at the actions. Actions do speak louder than words. And I, I find this cliche to not be trite. I still find this cliche to be especially meaningful. Yeah, I, I was thinking about that one last time when you were uh, sort of talking in our last podcast a little bit about dating. Um, I've always sort of been a person that, okay, you said that, but until you do, I'm not going to believe it, right? I right. mean, I'm, I've never been one to sort of trust what I would call flattery or flowery language, right? That's always sort of my thing is what we do speaks far louder than the words that we say. Um, and and I think that's also true in terms of parenting, right? I mean, oh, yes. right? What we do as a parent, um, rather than what we say, kids are going to pay attention to our actions, you know, employees, right? I mean, any, mm -hmm. any type of relationship. So um, that there's, there's also that, you know, and I think you're right on money. This is one that I almost put on my list <laughs> because I firmly believe in it. Um, and we, our last one that we want to talk about, and anybody that really knows me <laughs> will understand this one very clearly. And that is laughter is the best medicine. And I love to laugh. Um, and anybody that's ever been around me knows this about me, um, has probably experienced it. Um, my, probably one of my favorite stories around laughter. I just think laughter is such a healing thing. And the interesting thing is it is physically healing, uh, which I find super interesting. All of the research that's coming out on it about it being a healing process that increases endorphins for us. It lowers our blood pressure, um, all of those things. It's such a great thing, but I just, what's better than laughing? And I deny you to not hear a child laughing like a baby laughing and not want to laugh, right? I mean, it's so healing in so many ways. And especially if the humor I find is directed at self, not de self-deprecating humor, but sort of my humanness, right? Laughing at my humanness of what I do in the world. But one time I was in Iowa in a dressing room in a, in a store, an amazing store, by the way, Von Maurer, which I can't even begin to tell you how lovely that store is. They have a pianist that plays. I mean, they're just, it's an amazing, their customer service is far beyond anything I've ever had before. 
but I was in the dressing room and I started laughing because I must have tried on something that looked absolutely ridiculous on me. And I come out of the dressing room and there is a woman standing there that had been in one of the training sessions that I had done two years before. And I was so sort of take, taken back, you know, and she said, I heard you laughing and I came to see you <laughs> because I knew you were in here. And I thought, oh, this is such a compliment to me. I just, if I can, I do it with the kids that I work with. I do it a lot um, in a tough conversation, right? We can use humor to, the right kind of humor, right? We can use humor to lighten the load physically, emotionally, mentally. And so I try to laugh at least once a day. And if I have am struggling to laugh, I can always go to YouTube or Instagram and watch some silly video. Um, right now, Anne knows I've been shooting her these videos with this little girl that is hysterical. I'm awesome. If you're awesome, you need to be awesome. I'm just loving her. And it just gives me such joy. So, Anne, talk to me a little bit about how you see laughter as the best medicine. Well, that cliche was on my list as well. And I have always been um, known for among my friends as having a big, bold, very loud laugh. And um, growing up, one of my best memories um, living with my grandparents was my papa laughed all the time and he had a very loud laugh. And I like to think that my laugh is like his and it could be heard all over the house. I and mean, if I was in my bedroom and he was in the kitchen, you know, I could hear him laughing and he laughed all the time. And so did my, um, my grandmother. And when I was little, we would get as a family, we would get so tickled and sometimes I just could not stop laughing. And, and one day my grand, grandmother, my grandparents and I were in the den and we got so tickled and I could not stop laughing. And my grandmama said, stand up in front of us and that'll make you stop laughing. And I stood up in front of them like I was on a stage and I literally could not stop laughing. And when I stood up and started laughing, my grandmother laughed even harder. She could not believe that I could not stop laughing. So, you know, I love that memory. I love the every minute of every day that I spend laughing. Um, my husband and I laugh together every single day. He has a very dry sense of humor. A sense of humor is a, a huge um a huge part of our relationship. And I believe that all of my closest friends have great senses of humor. And Shelly, you and I have laughed a lot. Yes, I, you notice I didn't mute my mic when I started. <laughs> um, we have laughed a lot in our years together. And laughter has helped me so much during the biggest um, transitions in my life. Yeah. I mean, no matter how down I was, no matter how um, desperate I felt, I could always think of something or do something that created laughter and joy for me, and I would feel better. And yes, the research does back that. It's backed by science. And my daughter and I 
love to laugh together. And she has this just, it's astounding, her laugh. <laughs> and we laugh every single day. In fact, we talk every single morning. And we've already had our laugh of the day. And I'm sure I'll have several more today. Um, if you are experiencing any type of situation that is causing you anxiety, depression, um, any type of difficulty, I encourage you to, to seek out laughter, whether it's with a friend or as Shelly said, you know, looking at something, reading something, or you know, there's never a time when I can't look at a child like yeah. you said, and laugh, hearing a child laugh or seeing a child smile. Um, you know, there are so many joyful things around us. If we just seek them out, they can create a joyful moment for us. So laughter truly is the best medicine, which goes back to something that we talked about in a previous episode is, you know, finding your tribe. If, if your people your circle of friends, if those people are upbeat, people who are laughing and smiling and finding the joy in things, then that is going to carry over to you. So, so work on that. Yeah, find that. yourself. Yeah, and I think um, I, I want to make sure I know we're getting a little closer to the end of our podcast here. And since we're both in education, um, I mean, even though we want to end on a high note, I do think that both of us um, would like to send well wishes um, to the families and children and all the educators involved. And in the tragedy in Texas, I don't want us to not sort of acknowledge that, um, you know, it's it's perspective, right? I mean, I think we got to take it with perspective. Um, it's, it, it's sad. And I think whatever we can do to reach out, we need to do that. I mean, I hate to sort of end on that. I'd rather end on the baby laughing and laughter. But um, both of us, probably between the two of us, like how many, ugh, 70 some years have we been in education collectively? Close yeah. to it. Um, it. It would be a shame not to, to do that. But there again is a transition and and that's what we've been talking about. All of us are going to go through transitions throughout our lives. And so one of the things we'd love for you to do is share with us um, what are the cliches that you sort of find yourself living by, that you, that are your go-tos. Um, there was a list I found uh, that was really interesting, over a hundred cliches, which was super interesting to me to take a look at. Then, of course, me, I had to go down the rabbit hole and what's the difference between an aphorism and a cliche and, you know, English is not my thing, as Anne knows, but I just sort of get fascinated by when we can't really label something. That's the math side of me. Um, so, Anne, thoughts? Yes, I would love to hear from our listeners about what cliches have impacted your life and in what way. Um, I want this again to be a community where women feel safe and can comment and feel like they are reaching out to a friend and thank you to our listeners and our subscribers. And I encourage you to tell at least one person 
about this podcast. And as one person tells one person and that person tells one person, you know, the community does, does grow. And um, yes, we do send out our thoughts to the people in Texas, even though I left education this past February after 30 years, I will always be a lifelong educator. And Shelly and I have experienced tragedies like this in the past. Um, 2012 is still very vivid to me as I was working in an elementary school um, during the Sandy Hook situation. And, you know, we'll never forget any of those children and those educators. Um, so please, Think about what is important and how things serve you during the upcoming week and um, find some joy. Find some joy in your life. Find some laughter. Create some laughter and um, come back and join us again next week. And we'll be here. We're here for you and let us hear from you. Yes. And like I said, reach out. And if nothing else today, if you check out my blog, I put a link to a child laughing <laughs> um, so that if you need a little humor and uh, yeah, bring joy, create life, take a moment. And uh, one of my favorite words this year is savor. Take a moment to savor. I've been savoring the alignment of the planets, um, which is fascinating to me. So enjoy. Check us out. And Anne was describing the Fibonacci sequence for those math people out there, which is the way nature expands. And so grab a friend and have a listen. Till we'll next see time. You next week. Bye.